I hope that the the stream had started up in time to hear the world's loudest water bottle. <laughs> Welcome everyone to this week's episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. I am your friend Joseph Craven, joined by Alex Level, um, but not joined by any goals. No <laughs> goals here today, man. That's not our thing. It's not what we're here for. <laughs> we don't do that. That's not what we're about. We don't do that. Uh, an interesting week uh, in for the club, we've had uh, the the stunning um, last-minute victory over Aston Villa. We've had the uh, disappointing knockout of the Champions League that was accompanied by a surprisingly good performance that, <laughs> that had nothing to come out of it. Uh, just weird, weird how everything yeah. has happened. What, what are before we go any farther? What exactly are your um, what are your what are your feelings right now knowing that I mean before the international break we were we were sitting around like well our only real chances at top four are Champions League like we have to keep winning in the Champions League and we're playing better in Champions League blah 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 and to come back and have that be like instantly <laughs> the opposite what yeah. how are you feeling now after this like whiplash we're experiencing as a club uh, it definitely sucks because this was a tournament we absolutely could have won uh have we just learned how to shoot and score yeah um i mean it's everyone we said it a thousand times but everyone is entirely flawed real madrid are no different uh, i mean we can maybe feel a little bit of sympathy for them for having to play a center mid at right back but they got to play center backs at center back uh so not too much sympathy but i mean we absolutely could have beaten them it's terrible that we're not in this competition anymore it always hurts to go out of the champions league and there's always like a big kind of rush to like be in the champions league but then when you're actually playing in the champions league people kind of like forget that it's the champions league and are always looking ahead to getting into it next year not actually right. playing in it right. uh, but i love the champions league and it's a real shame that we're not in it anymore but i mean if you had told me before the season that we get to the quarterfinals and go out to Real Madrid starting Nat Phillips and a guy who just joined in January on the last day of the transfer window yeah. at center back. Uh, I'd probably be really confused, but I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. First of all, you'd go, wait, hold on, hold on. What happened? <laughs> How did this else? happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> absolutely. It, it is, you know, stunning. And it's not just Nat Phillips and a new guy. It's Nat Phillips and a new guy who happens to be a 19-year-old. Yeah. Or 20, is he 20 yet? I think he's still 19, right? Yeah. Um, he's young. He's yeah, a exactly. Who, <laughs> a tiny young child. Um, oh, he's 21. My bad. He was 20 and he just turned 21. I knew he had a birthday in the spring after he joined, um, but I had forgotten. Okay, so he's now 21. Uh, either way, I'm, you know old enough to be his dad or whatever. Um, <laughs> and so it's it, it's one of those things where it's not just that. It's a it's a new guy who's young, so not only has the team chemistry, he also still is really learning what it is to be a professional um, at this level, especially jumping over um, to the Premier League from, you know, what was a, a struggling uh, Schalke team. Um, Schalke team is fun to say. <laughs> and so it just, yeah, it Wow, what chaos it has been this entire year! What yeah. chaos! But when you look at it through that context, it almost it almost almost makes sense that we've all of a sudden gone back to doing well in the Premier League and not so much. I mean, but again, we did 
well today. You know, whatever. We'll get to all that. But we've to swap around again in terms of what competition we're actually doing well in. <laughs> Uh, but also going back to how it was at the beginning of the season where we couldn't actually score any goals, you know, <laughs> to save our lives. That's something that has happened off and on this whole year. Just bizarre, but also everything that happens, you're like, yeah, okay, sure. This again, yeah, why not? That's just how this year is going to be. And I think everyone's going to be really thrilled to really to have this 2020 to 2021 season wrapped up because... It just sucks to to not have an off season to to really only now be in the in the place where like teams are kind of hitting any sort of stride. You know, it no one's had a rhythm. No one can can have a rhythm. We haven't been able to have a rhythm all year, and and it's gone across all sports this way. You know, you've seen it uh, in in everything. Uh, I was at lunch eating lunch today, and on the TV was a random college football game that happened, you know, the end of December. And I was like, I don't remember this happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was just, this? What was this? Every league that you've seen has had just a weird season with absolutely no rhythm or consistent consistency to it. And we're all just ready to, to get this done and, you know, hopefully have a little bit, have more people in the stands, have, you know, a, a safer, um, a safer plan, have hopefully, uh, you know, not a pandemic to still be dealing with that sort of thing. It's just weird. We're all ready for it to be done. So yeah. no, no real surprises, but still just so strange. So, so strange. So, all right, we've got, um, so far we've got, uh, yeah, in the past week in particular, we had that match against Aston Villa. Uh, that we need to get into that uh, helped uh, temporarily get back into uh, top four, but help stay in particular in that top four race and really even kind of get more of a leg up on, on Tottenham, which is very nice. But what was, uh, uh, what's your take on that match? Was it a decent performance? Because I feel like, it, as it has been with the club so much this season, the first half and the second half feel entirely different. But when you look back on it, I mean, did it did it feel like a pretty good performance, or or was it a bad match that we were able to get away from? <laughs> uh, I, I, it was a good performance, I thought. Um, the result kind of lied about how the game went. I mean, in reality, it was a comfortable three one win uh, because there yeah. was just no reason that that first goal that we scored was offside. No. No. Uh, and I mean, honestly, and Klopp said it in his post match. We were the better team in the first half. They scored on our one mistake. That seems to be how this season has gone so far. Like, we don't really play that bad most of the time. Sometimes we can be absolutely terrible and better teams will punish us for it. But against these uh, mid to lower table teams, um, and I'll put Aston Villa and like mid table without Grealish because they, they're a, a different team when he plays. But yeah. It's us letting them into the game with their one chance and they're ruthlessly efficient and we're just entirely terrible in, in like the 20 yards it takes to get to the goal on the field. But uh, apart from the goal they scored, apart from the post hit, we were the better team by far um, and we deserved to win that match. And it was great to see Trent get the winner, but we had, we had a lot of promising play uh, overall and it was just 
I don't know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the context of the Real Madrid match, but there's just something going on where we can't score, we can't mm-hmm. shoot, we can't make intelligent decisions, we overthink things, we try to do the same things too much. Uh, I mean, I we tweeted out on the on the podcast handle today, like find you find someone who believes in you as much as the Liverpool team believes they'll score a header off of a cross. Like we just some we just believe that that's how we're going to score and. That's not how we score. And I mean, what was the stat? That Trent's goal was the fourth goal we scored from outside the box this season. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Considering, I mean, we haven't really scored that many goals, but four goals outside of the box, that just shows that we don't take those shots. And I, I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, apart from the inefficiency in front of goal, we controlled the match with a better team. It was the same kind of pattern we're used to where – we have a bunch of the ball and we just can't do anything with it until the very end. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It was, um, you know, I, I, okay. I'm going to go to the real match for just a minute here (laughs) because I, I don't feel, I I think that was a, actually a little bit of a break from the, uh, the, the typical storyline because truth be told, we actually had, many wonderful goal scoring opportunities <laughs> and were that were not coming off of like the the trying to cross type of thing we just didn't score or any of them you know at all yeah. and so i feel like in the real match in particular we started to cross the ball more because we started getting desperate because we had no touch and it makes me wonder if in the grand scheme of how the season has gone if maybe the team in training sessions has not had a good shooting touch in general. <laughs> so the team kind of feels the nerves going into the match. And maybe that's why we've been sending in so many crosses because we're like, this is how we feel like we can create because right now we're just not, we're not accurate. And I wonder if there has been some of that this season that has played into it some, because I think that's what you saw some in the Real match in particular, where we started to resort to a lot more of that as the match went on in desperation because, um, I mean, because Mo and Mane were phenomenal until they got right in front of goal. And then it was like, all right, time to send this one up into the stands. Yeah, or right at Courtois. Or right at Courtois. Um, so I, I wonder, yeah, I wonder about that. But you go back to the Leeds match. It was, and Leeds, I've been... <laughs> In my mind, I have been for the entirety since, like, Saturday, thinking Leeds in my head instead of Villa for no reason. I have no reason to kept kept saying Leeds. I saw a friend later in the day who uh, happened to, like, cheer for Leeds because he actually, like, got into the sport before they went down. and (laughs) So he was real happy that they were coming back. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. And he was like, all right, yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> we played Villa today. Why am I getting this good? So it's been happening to me since the match. I don't understand it. You're already thinking like, ahead because we play him next. You're already yeah. one, one game at a time. <laughs> Not for me, man. <laughs> I, it was last Saturday, and I was like, this sucks. Let's go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, okay, so we get the to get the victory – I'm trying to remember what my my initial point even was at this point because I've just forgotten. It means nothing for it to have been an Anfield Premier League victory because it do, home and away doesn't matter this season. 
yeah. um, at all. Uh, but that said, it feels great to have two straight. No, I'm sorry. The Wolves victory as well. Kind of forgot about the whole <laughs> before the international break thing. Yeah. You know, three straight Premier League victories after what had been such a frustrating campaign. And I think that's one of the biggest things to take out of this is that the team finally has um, kind of a little bit of, of... They didn't look defeated against Villa. Even when officiating went against us, even when Ollie Watkins just kind of kept doing what he seems to do against <laughs> us, that's wonderful. It's like a brand new uh, Wilfred Zaha, Crystal yeah. Palace type of thing emerging. Love that. We've, we've breaking the Palace curse. Let's get the Villa curse going. Um, so we've got that going on. Like to, I think that's a, that's a big mental step for the team in the league. So I think it was... Yeah, maybe not always the cleanest victory, and uh, maybe not always the um, the the most satisfying, just because of the the bad offsides call, the goal taken back, all of that. But to have weathered that storm and shown the mentality again that seemed to have lacked a little bit in recent weeks, especially in league play, I think it was huge. So I think there was a very significant uh, thing to have been taken from that. Um, that victory, I think it, there, there's 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 some deeper meaning um, to be taken from that. Uh, but what do you think? Like you said, you know, moving forward into leads and into what is, um, I mean, outside of the the United match, it, it, it's kind of a kind of more promising. Looks like a promising stretch in the schedule. I mean, you've got Man United and you've got. Southampton and, and Leeds is tricky. But like for the most part, these are a lot of matches that seem winnable. What do you think of the significance of that moving forward in that, that battle to try to stay up um, in the towards the top four? Uh, we've seen some recent results from other teams as well that can definitely give us hope. Uh, but we're, I, I think, like you said, they didn't, we didn't really drop heads. We kept going. We looked more like we knew that we were going to win that match and we were going to find a way to do it. Uh, and I think when players are not playing as well and they're not contributing as much, other people are stepping up. I mean, we saw Jota carry the team for a lot of time. We've seen Trent play really well in some of the past league games um, uh, and step up with assists, goals, just playing a lot better. Uh, a really weird tackle that unfortunately hurt Trezeguet, but that was just like, that was almost a terrible tackle, but ended up being a great tackle, um, yeah. even though the result was really bad. Yeah, But we've got a lot to think about because today is going to hurt. Today yeah. was a – we we did enough to deserve to go through, but we just didn't. Yeah. And we missed, the, we missed the parts that were crucial to turning a good performance into a great performance. And that's going to weigh on our minds. And it's not going to help with the, the kind of – yips that our strikers have mm -hmm. they're, they're clearly overthinking everything Mane was like electric for 20 minutes and then got into his own head like he had Valverde completely skinned and then just like started overthinking everything and went back to being the Mane we've seen for the past few weeks Salah had uh, he had that first chance didn't go his way and then from then on it was like take five touches when you need one and we just didn't shoot from there. Bobby is, I don't know. I don't know if that's Bobby anymore. He's been space jammed. 
Um, <laughs> and he's probably just completely exhausted, but still like it, he just was, he was letting us down a little bit um, yeah. in like those killer passes. That's just what we don't have anymore is we had so many opportunities around the final third to play a killer pass. And we just screwed it up every time. We basically just passed it right to Real's defense and that's going to weigh on our minds, but we have other players who have been stepping up and contributing and grinding out these victories and making us play well and getting us that run of wins in the league. And so hopefully they can carry us despite having a relatively small squad when you think about it, because sure we have people fit, but we know exactly what subs are being made and they're slightly different subs than were earlier in the season. Like Origi just doesn't play anymore. Uh, Ox got some minutes today, but that's only because we had five subs. I mean, we, we know exactly who's coming in based on who's starting. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Hopefully, Curtis Jones isn't out too long because he would be a valuable asset going into it because he does – he just goes for it. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, we have positives, but we also have kind of the same uh, the same negatives we've had. And it, at least it's not injury negative, but it's definitely like a – there's something weighing on us, and it's – going to be something that we have to overcome for all of these matches remaining yeah yeah absolutely um it was i will say uh, crucial for trent to put in the performance he did against villa um coming off of what was you know uh, one of the worst performances that I, he's probably had uh for us um but not only that to also have you know suffered so much like you know, quote unquote fan <laughs> abuse online for, you know, a bad performance, which I mean, like people tweeting like rough, you know, death threat criticisms have, has never, it's never made sense to me. Never made well, sense to me. Yeah. And I mean, we have seen it in a bunch of fan bases and it's really, really disappointing and sad and pretty disgusting, honestly, that the racist abuse has become mm-hmm. something that our players have had to deal with. Like, yep. and I know Klopp mentioned it in his pre-match. Like, if you're one of those people, you definitely walk alone because go mm-hmm. f yourself. Um, right. And I mean, people seem to forget that that is like an integral part of the club. And if you're if you are doing that kind of stuff, one check yourself because mm-hmm. you're a moron. Um, but two, like this is not the club for you. Right. And it's it's such a shame to see that become a thing that our club has to deal with because it had always been kind of everybody else. And I'm sure it was ha- like still happening. It just wasn't sure. as public as we saw recently. But, geez, just sucks. Yeah, and, and I always view it also as kind of a humbling thing. You know, like but no one's ever above letting things that should not control them, their lives control them. You mm-hmm. know, rage about sports. <laughs> It should not be so rage-inducing that we feel the need to spout off these horrible comments, you know, um, whether it's racially charged or or whether it's, you know, not, but it still is like, you know, violent criticism and all that. Like, it's not worth it. This is not what we as human beings are supposed <laughs> to be doing, you know? Yeah. We're, just, we're just not. It's just not worth it. But it kind of is a reminder that, like, you know, no one's – no fan base is above having that creep in. Yeah. It's a reminder to us to be like, okay, we always have to be, we have to keep it in, in, on our minds to to be better and do better so that we can 
encourage the fans around us to also be better and do better and encourage the people around us to be better and do better, you know? Um, so it's, if there's any like bright side to it, it's always a reminder that, okay, yeah, we, we can't get complacent in the fight against this sort of crap that doesn't belong. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's still crap that doesn't belong. Yeah. And so it's, it's heartbreaking when you see it. Yeah. So that makes it even more satisfying when you have someone like Trent suffer what he suffered through and then blast in an incredible game winner <laughs> that quite literally had me alone in my house yelling, yeah. oh, like my dogs were like jumping out, like staring at me like, what is going on? What's wrong with this guy? Um, had that happen. And then and there's few moments in life in which you get to quote, the movie Gladiator, um, Are You Not Entertained? And it actually work and not be like a real cheesy bro thing yeah. to do. And Trent used up one of his by being able to post the just real simple, Are You Not Entertained? You know, after putting up with what he put up with, he still went out, played an absolute boss performance, carried the team on his back, won the match for the, the benefit of those people who would shout at him on the internet when he doesn't do well, you know, those idiots who hide behind uh, the internet. So why I can't speak highly enough about Trent for, for putting up with that and and doing what he, what he did to pull through. Yeah. And I mean, he stepped it up today too, as well. There was one moment that really stands out um, in the second half where he tracked all the way back, won the ball off of Vinicius. I think it was on the end line, then dribbled, 60 yards, 70 yards back up the field. Yep. Uh, and it was like 100-something yards of running, if not 200 yards, at top speed, doing really well. And I was like, that's the Trent we know. That's the Trent we love. And then we passed it to someone else, and they just passed it square and ended up back right. all the way back. And I was like, "You are you kidding me? Trent did all that work, and this is what we're doing with it so we could try to cross? Like, come on, that's, guys. That's the Trent we know and love who's wasted – <laughs> at right back. That's the Trent we know and love. I, I hate that that stupid, that stupid take is popping back up. Oh, that was like the it, one that was like threatening. Like he needs to move. Move or else. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so is it not enough to be one of, if not the best right back in the world? <laughs> like, is that not enough? What? <laughs> Uh, who who are you going to remember more, Roberto Carlos or Dale Stevens? I think I know who I'm picking out of that list. Yeah, it's Dale every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just unbelievable to me that, that that we still think. I mean, I I get it that he. It's a compliment to being able to say, "Oh, he's so talented that he is not pigeonholed into be just being a a you know a, a fullback. He's got a lot more going on, but." He's doing so well. Like, what do you think he's going to do? Uh, whose place is he going to take? Yeah. <laughs> Just now getting our midfield back to where they're supposed to be, and our captain is hurt. Yeah. So, like, who, who, how's that midfield rotation supposed to work out? Yeah. I don't know. I guess people still hate Tiago, probably, right? I don't yeah, because he's a fraud and a phony and all the stuff that he did before this were, were lies. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, 
right, so I guess focusing a little bit more on on Real, we've been hinting at a lot of the storylines that came out of that, a lot of what was was going on. But, I mean, ultimately, the team did nearly everything they had to do to rebound from a 3-1 away loss in the first leg, Uh, winning the possession battle, uh, dominating the shots and shots on, on goal battle. But a lot of the, I mean, 15 shots, four on goal, and it really should have been 15 shots, nine or 10 of them on goal. Yeah. You know, so many of them were just, had no excuse but to just, uh, to, to, you know, they should have been better. They just should have been better. There's no excuse. What can we take from this match, you think? What can we take from a match that we did 99% correct but the one percent that we couldn't get right was deciding everything what what can we take from that you think first of all you cannot forget that 99 percent that you did right um i mean they if if you look back on the game they had one shot that probably could have been a goal and i hesitate to call it a shot because it was a cross that hit off of kabak and hit the post and only Villa can score deflected goals against us. I mean, there's at least some sort of rules to the chaos, so that didn't work. But uh, I mean, we controlled the match. We kept them at arm's length. It's the kind of it's we did defensively exactly what we needed to do to make sure to give ourselves a platform to advance in this tie. And from then on out, even I mean, they fair play to them. They did a good job of kind of killing the game when they could. I mean, Tony Kroos is very good, as we saw in the first leg, but he was dropping yep. back in between the center backs, getting the ball, spraying it everywhere, um, and just, like, taking too much time for us. And you could tell maybe that was getting us a little antsy. But at the same time, despite that, we had the chances. We, do, we did everything we needed to do. Uh, we put ourselves in great positions. We created good good opportunities with the ball in the right spot. We forced them into mistakes and we just, I, I think we're, we're like trying to do too much, trying to score the perfect goal, trying yeah. to make a, make something highlight real worthy. Um, and it's just not what we need to be doing right now. I, you just look at some of the shots. I first, the first shot we, that would have helped so much had that Mo chance at like two, a minute and a half in had that gone in. I understand why you missed that because it's a minute and a half in and you're maybe not ready for it, but you typically back Mo to bury something like that. Um, and it was one of those ones where he very clearly was like, just put it on frame. And that meant put it right down the middle against Courtois. Right. <laughs> so exactly. uh, that one is maybe a little more understandable than some of the ones we saw that are like at the penalty spot and end up in the upper deck or just like way wide. And that is going to be the other takeaway from this match. It's like, just stop training anything else. Just work on finishing. Let's do some shooting yeah. drills. No more crossing and finishing drills. If you watch the inside training videos they post online, which we're probably about to get a free one because we just lost the game or we tied a game but lost the tie. So it's time for free content. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you look at that and you see how many drills we do that are like pass it out wide, low driven cross, tap it in. Like, let's not do yeah. that. Let's do some like turn and shoot, pass the ball into the box, take your time, pick a spot. I don't know, mix it up, but we just got to do something. We just got to stop getting in our own way in there. We're defending ourselves better than anybody else could defend us because we just can't make up our minds. We can't just have any instinct 
<laughs> and that's what that's what made Jota such a game changer yes. in most of these games. That he just comes out and he's like, I don't care, I'm shooting. I love goals. Give me the ball, I'm gonna score. Am I in this middle? Am I within the frame of the 18? Sure, I'm having a shot. I don't need yep. to pass it to my fullback. I'm a forward. I want to score. <laughs> and right. so, uh, at, at some point, the ball can stop moving. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, this isn't complicated. It, it's, it is and it isn't. And maybe we're forgetting that at, the, at its core, soccer is a very simple sport where mm-hmm. you can ball on the goal. <laughs> That's probably the, the other big takeaway from this match. Yeah. Like, Remember to do that. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. It's difficult to it's difficult to process a match that plays out like that because I mean, like we've been talking about, there's no reason that we didn't win. We did everything, right? And going into it, we kind of felt confident. It's like, well, we got we know that it was the 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 third goal in the first leg sucked to see yeah. it happen because if it was 2-1 it's oh it's completely different mentality but it still is okay we still got the away goal you know if we're feeling good and we're feeling confident and we're feeling sassy we're going to get a couple of goals like it's just you know it's just how it is it's just how we are it, but it just go it hints back to just how this whole weird season has been and how no, nothing seems to quite be right even yeah. when things are quote unquote normal, even when things are quote unquote correct, nothing's quite right. And it just won't be until we get all of this out of our system. We get a full off season. We get a full um, recovery time for all of our players that are injured. We get a full, uh, you know, full time training for all of the, the, the newcomers like Tiago and, and, and Jota and, you know, Kabak. If we assume that it's probably going to be made into a permanent deal, um, but, you know, until we get all that done, um, until somebody remembers that we picked up Ben Davies. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's he's just hanging out. He's still waiting on the bus to come get him. He's like, where is everyone? It's been weeks. It's just yeah. uh, but until, like, we get all of that done, you know, nothing's ever going to feel quite right on the pitch. And we're, we're seeing that in this match. This is just a – if there ever was a match that summed up, I think, um, like, the the – the best that this past 12 months can offer us, it's this one. Because almost everything was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Except for what mattered. And that's kind of just how the sports world has been, the world in general has been lately. And it's just, I think we're just ready to, okay, let's let's wrap things up. Let's, you know, let's let's patch patch the potholes and get back out there. Yeah, it's... This is just such a it's such a weird one because yeah there's a there's there is a lot of positive to take you know yeah and and it's not like there's just a whole lot of super negatives to take we uh we looked tired and made a lot of errors in the first leg and then in the second leg we couldn't finish and that's it it's the it, <laughs> this is the easiest you know series to describe <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just is um, and so we're just, I'm, I'm just ready now. I think, uh, fully mentally ready to be like, let's survive these last, uh, what is it? Six matches now. Let's survive these last six matches. Let's carry the momentum that we can carry because right now 
there's so many Premier League teams that don't have any momentum. <laughs> and we need to take advantage of that, you know? Um, Tottenham. I'm just talking about yeah. Tottenham. Uh, so it's, I'm just ready. I think I'm just ready at this point to just be like, okay, yeah. I, I have actually mentally prepared myself for these next six matches. Yeah. Let's just go for it now. Let's do it. What else we got going on? <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, like you said, it, these are very easy problems to fix. Like, we know exactly what they are, and we should know how to fix them. But can we? That's the real thing. And, and I, because that uh, this is, we've talked about it before, this is one of those seasons of kind of like intangibles where it's like mm. you need momentum and you need confidence. And there are players in our team that have no momentum and no confidence. Right. And it's very apparent and how do we reconcile that with the fact that we don't trust a lot of people on our team, clearly, so we will just continue to play them and hope that it turns around. But as it doesn't turn around, it is kind of harmful to our performances. So that's a very, very interesting tightrope to walk. Uh, also mixed in with the fact that at the end of this game, everybody just looked spent. It was not even like we're not creating chances anymore. It's like, we're just, they're just doing whatever they can to see this game out there. We can't catch up to any balls. We can't yep. make any passes. And what are we going to do? I mean, we, we have a tough match next. Do we expect to rotate? Not at all. <laughs> I don't expect that at all because we have right. until Monday. So I, we're going to have to figure that out in the off season and figure out. I know Klopp typically likes to keep a smaller squad, but this is a little too small, especially considering yeah. the workloads that we've had on some of these players with injuries. So we, in addition to these next six matches, we've also got some planning to do in the summer now that we've got LeBron James out there throwing money left and right for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm real curious to see, since you mentioned you know Klopp keeping a small... I'm real curious to see how he adjusts his approach coming out of this year because there's not a, there's not a chance that he doesn't adapt certain things now that he's been like, okay, there's no other season that could ever have been like this one <laughs> that we've just experienced. And I wonder what, what he might adapt from or, or adapt coming out of that, what he might learn from, what he might do. I'm curious about that. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and there was an article that uh, James Pierce wrote in The Athletic about Samika specifically and mm -hmm. why we haven't seen him. Uh, and he mentioned a quote that was said by Klopp and our entire coaching staff at the beginning of this season, which I'm sure no one could have foreseen what had happened. But he said uh, specifically about our fullbacks, they can't play all these games. They're not going to make mm -hmm. it. It's going to ruin their careers. They're gonna, and they, it's just too many games and too much to ask of them. And because of weird circumstances, here we are. They're playing every game. They're playing every minute. They're playing every minute of every other game. Like they play on every team in the league. They play on every team in every league, and they play on every yep. national team. They just don't <laughs> stop. Uh, and that's becoming true of a lot of our other players. Yeah. So we're going to have to look beyond just the fullbacks getting a lot of minutes and look at our midfield three, our front three. Like we can rotate one of them. Is that enough? Like all these players can't be playing all these minutes, especially after playing all of these minutes this season compounded with – all the minutes before that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm curious, like we, yeah, we haven't seen Samikas at all. We obviously we joke about having not seen Ben Davies at all, but we haven't seen Ben <laughs> Davies at all. Uh, and I just wonder when it is that 
they're going to feel comfortable bringing those guys in um, because clearly they're just not quite clicking in the in the um, the strategy quite yet. Clearly, they're just not quite clicking in the in the way that the team is you know operates and is run. Um, so I'm curious if a good you know solid full off season is going to going to make that happen. I'm just curious as to what happens next uh, more than anything else and what we're going to see from from the boss um, moving forward. But also like looking at the the rest of the season, what is very promising as well is that all the teams that we're battling for top four spots have to play each other. Yeah. And we really don't. Um, we get... Uh, I mean, United doesn't count because they're just about a, a lock for second place, just looking at how points are right now. Um, but Leicester, West Ham, and Chelsea and ourselves, all three of those teams, if they, you know, if people start dropping, we can take advantage of that because, I mean, <laughs> Leicester in particular, I mean, United, uh, Chelsea, and Tottenham are their last three matches yeah. of the season. <laughs> So you've got those guys uh, battling each other a little bit. And so this is a great chance for us to focus up, take advantage, and just try to wrap up keeping that in that top four and, um, and, and see what happens. Or however, how, however high we even have to be. Who knows? It could be like the, I don't know, the top seven qualify, right? That'll happen. <laughs> that could happen. There's a, there's a chance. Um, so, yeah, it, it's very interesting. We get the luxury of not really having to deal with those other teams. So the pressure is on them to not beat each other into oblivion and us take advantage. <laughs> so fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Hoping for the best, but now we apparently have to play leads every week. <laughs> in, in my mind, baby, in my mind, it's just like I'm quick saving and I'm quick loading over and over. I'm pushing those buttons. All right. Hey, let's talk about leads. You brought them up. I didn't. No one can claim otherwise. So Leeds currently sitting right above our previous opponent, Aston Villa, in the table with 45 points now that we kept Villa from getting any points over the weekend. Um, 45 uh, to their 44. But Leeds gets a very special award because at this point in the season, they are the only squad in the Premier League that has a perfect goose egg in goal differential. They have actually scored exactly the same amount of goals as they have given up. Mm. Chef's kiss to you, Leeds. Doing doing God's work with that goal differential. <laughs> Love it. Um, not only that, this is, oh my gosh, the symmetry continues. 14 wins for them on the season, three draws, 14 losses. Look at them. Oh, it's perfect. Majestic. It's, it's just, oh, it's a work of art. This this has, is their goal for the year. I mean, let's, they're not, they were never trying to get top four. They were never trying to do any, no, no, no. They were trying to become a work of art on the pitch, and they're doing it so far. So, Alex, tell us a little bit about what we can expect from Leeds uh, going into this Monday match, especially a Leeds team that just got done shocking the, the first place team. Uh, in Man City, two one. Yeah, this match. This was the first match we played, uh, and it was really weird. It was really entertaining. It was just wet and wild, 
And that's what it's <laughs> going to be again. Like Bielsa doesn't back down. Bielsa does right. exactly what he wants. We know how they're going to play. They play basically the same way every time, but they're very good at it for kind of the the assets they're working with for the most part. They will not be afraid by the challenge of playing us, and that can suit us a little bit, as we saw at the beginning of the year when we happened to score four goals against them, but it can also expose us a little bit because, as we saw against Villa, any mistake that we make is immediately punished by anyone who we're playing. So it's going to be a pretty run-and-gun match, I think. Um, they have Rafinha, who has been linked with us repeatedly. He's a very good player. We're going to have to watch that, especially depending on what side he plays on. He's probably going to be playing against a tired Andy, and that's going to mm-hmm. be a showdown that I'm not necessarily looking forward to because, I mean, Andy's amazing, but he is also just completely exhausted. I mean, and there's only see, so much you like, can do. Uh, yeah, every, every match – there's at least one moment where it honestly looks like Andy is on the precipice of just kicking it right there in the <laughs> middle of the match, just absolutely being done. Just We're going to look over, and he's sprawled out, unconscious, can't continue. It's like wasted. a full body. Yeah. yeah, in GTA talk, he's yeah. the, you know, the waste of... Screen goes black, yeah. Yeah, just full body cramp. But I, they, they've, <laughs> they've got some like nice and tidy players, and they've also got some aggressive go Adam players. Um, so I, I, it's gonna, if I were a neutral, this would be an awesome match to watch, but as someone who is supporting one of the teams and a team that very desperately needs to win this match, I'm kind of nervous because they did just pull off a big win uh, and they have gotten some good results over the course of the season. So yeah, I, but I expect us to step up and take advantage of the spaces. I really don't know, like I at on one hand I have an exact idea of who we're gonna play mm-hmm. on our team, but on the other hand, like we have some people in attack that need breaks that just they're play, they're not gonna play their way back into form. Um, so I, I don't know if we mix this up or not. I would actually kind of like to see Shakiri get a start. We'd love to make sure uh, Tiago gets a start, uh, maybe alongside. Well, not maybe, definitely alongside Fabinho because we need that coverage. I'm sure Genie will start because we just play Genie. No matter what, but yep. we're going to see the same well, back four. We, we got to get our money's worth. He's he's <laughs> not going to be here next year. Let's go ahead and get the money's worth while he's here. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry that he will be playing at the Euros because he's not going to be our player anymore. So that's someone else's problem to fix when he's completely exhausted after that tournament. So yeah, I, I, I because they're so symmetrical, I'm worried about a draw. But this is a definitely winnable match. We just have to make sure we shoot and we score, which are two two things that we don't seem to know how to do anymore. I just think those two things are overrated. I mean, why would you even, <laughs> why would you even need it? Um, yeah, no, it's, it, I, I, the only the real thing that I have to say about leads in particular is that like, I haven't gotten a haircut in a while. So I've really just been looking to them for inspiration on what to eventually do when my, my hair gets long enough to start pulling off the, the leads the leads buns and stuff like that, you know. Um, I think that I could really just—I think I could fit in. I could be like a sleeper agent. I could bomb the rest of lead season if I just do my hair right. They're just going to be like, "This guy, he plays for us." We can just tell. <laughs> they, they, yeah, you're not even a new signing. They just assume you're already on the team. Yeah, wonder <laughs> to be like, uh, you, Jack Harrison. You Jack Harrison? I don't know. <laughs> Who are you? You come on in. Come on in. Just come on in. Um, so they uh. Yeah, they're they're a weird team to me. They've been a fascinating team this whole season. 
I mean, mostly because of what you just say is in Bielsa, he, he makes it do what it do. Um, he just, it's fascinating. He, he's just, there's, they have no business pulling off some of the, the victories that they pull off. They also have absolutely no business losing some of the matches they lose. It's just <laughs> fascinating. You never know what you're going to get. So uh, they're going to be interesting to watch, or it's going to be an interesting matchup because they're an interesting team to have to prepare for especially off the the current kind of run of form that they're in um, in the league. They've won their last three, so you would think that probably gives them some momentum. But I think that they're similar to us in the regard that momentum kind of gets thrown out (laughs) at times. It's kind of the tune of not just that we've been, you know, dancing along to this season, but that the whole league has been. Like, no one really gets momentum going let's not forget that united is i mean not the united city's doing great right now city started off really poorly and people are like man what's wrong with them what's yeah. wrong and it took them time to build up momentum they just happen to be the only team that is currently riding momentum yeah um so yeah it's just gonna be fascinating it's gonna be a fascinating matchup that said how do you think we actually will perform against them do you see this as being um a uh what is it fourth straight league victory for us or do you think that uh we falter a little bit into this squad i think it will be one of those matches where we do enough to earn the victory uh, like we have in these past few matches um i do think we will take it i think by hook or by crook we'll end up scoring i think we'll end up relying on jota to pull something out um and especially if shakiri starts i think that connection gets brought back up that is a connection we haven't seen really come back into the four since both of them have returned to injury. And I would love to see that get fired back up again because it was, there were, man, there were just some really, really nice goals scored because of the combination of those two. And because of the spaces that they will leave uh, and because, I mean, they're missing their captain, they're missing their starting center back. I think they will have a lot to deal with because that is not someone who they typically rotate. So I I think we will pull it off. It's just going to suck going to be like the Villa match. It's just not going to be all that fun until the very end. But I think it will be higher scoring. Uh, it will not be another clean sheet for Kabak and Phillips, despite them mm-hmm. getting a bunch of them, including today, which is mm-hmm. an interesting thing that everyone will forget. It's like a consolation goal, but it's a consolation clean sheet. But I think it'll be, <laughs> I think it'll be three to two our way. Yeah, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. I think I might step it back a bit and just play to the fact that we have struggled to see the back of the net um, and lean on this being a little bit more like um, like a, a, the two to one like we just saw with our previous match with Leeds every yeah. weekend. <laughs> um, no, so our, our previous match with Villa, I, I could see that happening maybe. Um, that, But I think this is going to be very similar to the Villa match in which it's 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 not really that we've played poorly it's not really that anything has gone horribly wrong except for maybe around you know uh, one bad call that shouldn't have existed <laughs> but uh, it's going to be something that just kind of prevents us from really being as in control as we probably should be because i just feel like that's that's where we are right now as a team we we can be in control just not fully in control (laughs) right something is always like one step away from going terribly wrong 
Um, and I will say as well, it's a bit of a relief that Leeds switched kit providers because that was one thing that we saw against Villa that you and I had noticed against, uh, well, not against, it was when we were watching the Milan versus Fiorentina match that mm-hmm. Kappa shorts really accentuate the butt crack. And Villa had a lot of that going on. And yep. Leeds were Kappa until this season. So glad we will not be seeing everyone's butt crack in this match. And it, it's probably better for them, you know. They yeah. might stay more of a chance. So, Oh, man. So it'll be interesting. But I'm, I'm going to stick with the slightly lower scoreline of 2-1, to one, which is traditionally also one of our favorite scorelines to try to predict. Under. Yeah. But it's two teams in good run of form in the Premier League right now going head-to-head. Like you said, it should be, from a neutral standpoint, it should be fun to watch, which means it'll probably be a 1-0 slog fest that gets decided in the 90th minute um, by, like, a, a Leeds own goal. You know, it most yeah. likely... We're all we're looking forward to it being exciting, so it's gonna be the most boring match we've played all season. That's just the way these things work. All right. Well, before we go, I obviously we have to spend a little bit of time here um, to pay our respects, of course, because we are right here at the anniversary of Hillsborough, one of the um Biggest tragedies in the sporting world and obviously one of the, the most massive um, situations that Liverpool has, has had to deal with. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to believe that, I mean, it's 32 years ago. So, I mean, it really, I'm, I'm 33, but I mean, that's still not, it doesn't feel like it was really in my lifetime, you know. It's like for our entire lives, Alex, this has been something that we've lived in the aftermath of. Um, so we, we've never known a time before, um, before this, we've never known what it was, you know, what it was like. All we've really ever seen as Liverpool fans are the struggle to get justice, um, for, for the 96 and, um, just the significance of, of this entire event. Um, it's, I mean, it's huge and it's heartbreaking. And when you look at everything that we have, um, been talking about with with some of the abuse that players have received online and some of the the racial abuse that's that's going on as well um some of the the uh the you know the situation with sean cox for example a few years ago you look some of the recent things um it just kind of reminds you that like this is the sporting community is strong and yeah you know i i said earlier you know that no one's ever no community is above negative influences creeping in. I think that the reaction and the, the nonstop efforts to, to fight for justice in the wake of the Hillsborough disaster show that the Liverpool community is one that strives to keep, keep the, the, the bad apples from spoiling the bunch. Um, you know, And so I think that if as we come up on that anniversary of such a monumental event, it, I think that it uh, just continues to point us towards that, the right direction of let's, let's never get tired of that. You know, let's never get tired of, of fighting on behalf of other people. Yeah. And I mean, and just never forget them because there's, there's still so many struggles going on uh, with the families, with the survivors with the people still fighting for justice. I mean, they've made progress, but there's still the, so many things they're fighting against. And 
anything. It's something that unites all of us as supporters of this club and we can stand behind them and work to help them and support them. And I mean, the, the tributes today, even in an empty stadium were, were great. I mean, it's, it's something that it's, it's always, it'll send chills down your spine, bring a tear to your eye. Just when you remember that, like, these are people, these are the, the, Mm -hmm. the real people had to deal with the after effects of that. And in this age of lockdown, when, we're seeing all this stuff online, like you mentioned. Like you forget that these are not FIFA players; these are real people on the other end of those accounts, and real fans having to deal with the difficulties of all this stuff. And it, it is uh, a nice timing, I guess, that people are able to go out. The pubs seem to be open in the UK. People can get together and kind of commemorate and remember this, and maybe even go to the memorial at Anfield. But yeah. it, it's something that we'll never forget. And if it's, I know we've, I think sure we've all probably watched it, but that the 30 for 30 documentary that was done on Hillsborough is one of the mm-hmm. hardest things, but one of the most important things to watch just as a Liverpool fan and as a soccer fan, sports fan. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, it's a shame that we sometimes have to <laughs> sit back and remind people that there are people on the other end of these things, but I hope that we never ever forget um, to treat each other with with dignity, treat each other with respect for for being fellow people, just trying to trying to make it work in this world. So, uh, yeah, we will never forget the victims of the Hillsborough disaster, and we ne- will never forget the significance um, and the impact that it um, has had since then. So, we will wrap things up here on this episode. Um, we thank you once again for joining us. Uh, if you ever want to join in on a uh, Wednesday evening um, on our YouTube channel is when we will live stream our recording session. So if you're ever around, no, I get it. <laughs> We're American, so our Wednesday evening happens to be, uh, what, Thursday morning at like 2, 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> in the UK. So if you're in Europe, we apologize. But if you're a fellow... Uh, Yank wanting to tune in, uh, join us on a Wednesday evening. Uh, you could find a link to the YouTube channel over on our um, over on our Twitter page at YNTA Podcast is the Twitter account. And we thank you once again for joining, and uh, we're looking forward to being able to talk about uh, hopefully next week. Talk about a victory. A back-to-back victory <laughs> against Leeds. <laughs> and then look forward to the match against Leeds yeah, after that. Forward. Crazy, we got to play him six more times. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry for that dumb joke. Thanks for listening. I'm your friend Joseph Craven. That's Alex Lebel. Here's time for another dumb joke. Let's send it over to Andrew Ainsworth to sign us out on this episode. Andrew, take it away. Mm. All right. <laughs> That's it. That was one of your worst ones, Andrew. Sorry. <laughs> You're get out of here, Andrew. It wasn't <laughs> worth it. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on You'll Never Talk Alone. <laughs>